Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Courtside with, jeez, uh, man, I can't hear anything with all the dribbling. So as I was trying to tell you, this is a new thing called Courtside with Kellen. Kellen Olsen's our son's brainiac, and he knows everything about the Suns and the players like Kellen, so he's got that going for him. Anyhow, here's Kellen. And he's brought to you by Southwest Gas, committed to exceeding expectations today while innovating sustainable solutions for tomorrow. Hopefully we don't have to beep out Kellen like we had to beep out Cliff from last night's Hard Docs. Kellen Olson joining us on the Arizona Sports Line, our Suns guru from ArizonaSports.com. Suns, Clippers, tonight here on Arizona Sports at 8.30 tip time. Kellen, how are you doing today? Doing well. Never a potty mouth. You know me. No, I know. You know, no, never. I don't think I've ever heard a curse word come out of your mouth, Kellen. Not one time. I don't think so. No. All right. So tonight, Devin Booker is back. DeAndre Ayton is not. The Clippers are missing a whole host of guys who aren't going to play on the second night of a back-to-back. The Suns just want to end this losing streak. So I would imagine in that regard, the Clippers not playing a bunch of guys. Obviously, very good news. To what extent is that good news for the Suns? They're missing all of those guys trying to end this losing streak. Yeah, you're just looking for any kind of matchup where they can find their rhythm right now. If they were playing the Spurs again or someone like that, it would it would be ideal too. They just need to get a win and they need to get back to playing their brand of basketball. And you hope the combination of those injuries in terms of who the Clippers are missing and then Booker's return will sort of just get them back to the way that they play because the timing of, of Booker's injury and his absence, even if it was only for just two games, was was rough because they, they really hit, hit a skid here. And then to lose him and kind of lose all their rhythm when he goes out, it, it just put them in a really challenging position. And they just haven't been able to get back to being themselves. But this tonight presents a good as a, as good of an opportunity as any for them to do that. Played some really good players, too, here. You know, you played Tatum and Brown. You played Zion. You played against uh, Luka. They've had some good men. Houston is an extremely athletic team. The points in the paint defensively, they the you know that that's really bothersome to me. It's just the, the defensive end and, and what they're allowing. They've got to really tighten that up with rotations and, and, and more physicality and banging those boards and not giving up those second-chance opportunities. That is really hurt them at times. Yeah, Gambo, so much of the conversation has been about their offense, and, and Chris Paul's playing rightfully so, but uh, looped into this has just been their defensive play and how they have been, for the last 20 games, they have been a below-average defensive team, and I don't think that, that Jay Crowder's departure or anything like that, or even these amount of injuries to them would ever lead to them being below a top 10, top 15 defense, but that's what they've been over the last 20 games, and, and there's a lack of force that they're playing with offensively, too, but it's just the amount of mix-ups and kind of the communication and rotations that you're talking about. We're just not used to seeing this team give up layups and just have a blown coverage or something like that, but it happens a couple of times a game right now, and, and it's just really surprising to see particularly with the points in the paint, and that's, of course, where not only do they get the bonus from the points in the paint, but they're getting to the free throw line more, and that's where they build an even bigger advantage because the Suns aren't really a team that gets to the line. So I, it's just one of those things that you really want to watch for over the next dozen games. We're going to talk about a few of them here. I'm sure we already kind of have, but it's a really good point to bring up the defense because it's kind of been 
uh, under the radar through all of this, but them being a below-average defensive team, that that's not how they're going to really contend right now. Chris Paul, is there's nothing under the radar about Chris, and given that he's an All-NBA third-teamer from a year ago uh, and w- was still thought of to be one of the best players in the NBA, I know it's only four games in. The concern has got to be high about Chris, even though he's still got some time coming back off of that heel injury. This team, in your opinion, is it is it built to do everything it wants to do if Chris is no longer an elite player in this league? No, and I think we're just learning how delicate the the foundation sort of is of of this team building. James Jones built an excellent team, don't get me wrong, but this goes for any team in the league. The bottom line is Chris Paul has been somewhere between a top 10 to 20 player for the last two years in Phoenix. He's coming off three straight All-NBA teams. I know that the postseason exits didn't really go that well for him, and that led to people kind of viewing his game in a certain way. But this is a guy who was in the MVP conversation two years ago, and then he was last year until he got hurt, and then the votes kind of shifted Devin Booker's direction. Like He's been absolutely magnificent now for the last two seasons, and you go from that to a guy who has even been a top-10 player at his position this year? I, I don't think so, and, and that's crazy to say about someone like Chris Paul. But when you take that big of a dramatic drop-off, it kind of takes me back to how we would talk about Devin Booker in the last couple of years. And we were talking about him as this top 50, top 40, top 30 player, and so on. And we were having those conversations about how big that gap is between 30 and 20, 20 and 15, like the elite, elite players in the league. There's a really huge tier difference right there between those guys. So when you take Chris from one of those upper, upper, upper tiers, to where he's at right now, which is a top 10, 15 point guard in the league right now, maybe, and, and that's probably being generous with the way he's playing right now and just looking at him through the, through the lens of the injury and everything. I, it just dramatically changes their team in, in so many different ways because the supporting cast really relies on him and Book to both do that. So when Book is out, it, it's just clear as day they really need that other option. And, and if Chris can't be that guy, They've got some soul-searching to do over the next two months. But it, it is four games in, and he's coming off the injury, and it was just the start of the season. It, it's a small sample size for me to overreact, but I'm still going to choose to react and say that I'm really concerned. And like I wrote in the piece after the game two nights ago, like this is now the number one thing to watch on the Suns more than anything else. It's just how he looks over the next two months. And if he doesn't, if he keeps looking like this, they've got some serious decisions to look at in February. Well, I think the decision will be, uh, and not just February, but I think next year. You've got a $30 million contract for Chris Paul next year, but you can get out of it for about half that, for about $15 bucks. Chris doesn't play well. You might want to take that option and say, look, I'll pay you 15 not to be here. Or you try to trade him um, to save some money to use elsewhere. So that is definitely an option. But he, look, here's the reality. And I've said this my whole life. You, your best players have to play well for you to win a championship. We can talk all we want about the bench and the depth and all of that stuff. You, you need your best players to play well. And if Booker and Chris Paul are not capable of playing at, at, the, at their highest level, they're not winning anything. Yeah, and how about him just kind of getting, I, I wrote it in the Peace Gambo, it's him just returning to all-star form. And that was kind of me saying, like, that's a step down or two from where he was. But if he can just get to that, maybe. But he's, he's, he doesn't even look anywhere close to that right now, which is really surprising. The, the, guarantee, the partial guarantee next year and then the complete non-guarantee yeah. After that year, it's a really interesting wrinkle in all of this, Gambo. And I think the big question for me is that if you start talking about that $15 million they would put on the books just to pay him to leave, essentially, it, it would be interesting to see how they could potentially use the money, where they are at in terms of the tax line, how could they repurpose it. And that's where you talk about, okay, maybe could you trade him? Would another team be interested in the salary and just the way the contract is constructed? It just depends a lot 
on how he looks physically over over the next couple of months, and it's going to be really fascinating to see how quickly their profile as a team could potentially change this year. I didn't certainly enter this year looking at it as like this is going to be the year where everything catches up to Chris, but once you hit those mid to late 30s, man, like anything comes up for grabs and just – this is the type of thing I think everyone was concerned about after the Dallas series, and it's really carried over. Well, I'll say this, too. I mean, James is a big believer in building with depth and that, you know, we could beat teams, you know, as long as we have a good one, too, we could beat teams three through ten. That That is a great philosophy, especially when you're not paying four guys $113 million. But now that DeAndre's paid and Mikhail is paid, you got four guys making $113 million. The other ten guys on this team make 50. So, like, and you're, you're a taxpayer. So that becomes an issue, too. And that's why you may just, you know, you might have to crunch numbers here because the Suns have four guys making about $113 million. And then that doesn't leave a whole lot to go, you know, that's have they used their taxpayer exception yet? That's about $6 million. They didn't use their taxpayer exception. Now, there's not a, for a lot of this, there's not a big difference between some of the mid-level guys and the, the veteran minimum guys at times. Some of the worst contracts in the history of the NBA are those mid-level exceptions. But still, nonetheless, it's a lot less money to spend on the depth on this team when you've got all that money put to, towards four guys. Yeah, and Cam Johnson's got that extension coming up too, right? Like he he didn't get yeah. that extension, and we're all going to be looking at that this summer. How does that impact into the big picture? And then you start to look at those figures for DeAndre and Mikel, and and I think Mikel's contract is going to be a bargain no matter what. But DeAndre's number specifically, it looks a lot better when he's got an elite Chris Paul playing next to him. That's for sure, and and that's where you start to look at how much you're paying for these supporting cast members, and it's a lot easier to do when you're a 60-65 win team that's contending for a championship every year, whereas opposed you could be a 45-50-40 win team that, that that's not even playing home court in the first round. I think that's the thing to watch over the next month or two is just how the standings move. If the Suns lose tonight, they could be outside of the playoff spot and be in a play-in spot tonight in the standings. Like That's how much parity there is in the Western Conference right now. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, of course, but at the same time, we are 30 games in, and we got to start to look, start to look at the standings a bit, and it's, it is something to start to worry about for sure. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Kellen's uh, recap of tonight's game, of course, will be on ArizonaSports.com uh, tonight and tomorrow. It's a late one, 8.30 tip. Kellen, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks for the conversation. We'll catch up with you next week, okay? Yep, thanks, guys.